Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in a power greater than what you are going through when you don't know what to do. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, welcome to all our listeners out there on Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com. And we're coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio podcasts, networks, and 26 global audio video platforms, such as iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. The list goes on and on. I won't bore you. And we are especially proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60 and number two caregiver podcast on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Everything is easier when you're organized. Sort and succeed organizing with systems to make caregiving easier. A mom of two children and company owner with employees uh, we are interviewing Darla DeMauro. She is a professional expert organizer. And I don't know anyone who's more unorganized than caregivers, uh, my present company included. And uh, but before we get started with that, I want to take this moment and thank my last week's guest, Lisa Skinner, a behavioral expert in the field of Alzheimer's disease and related dementias in her 25-year career as a community counselor and Regional Director of Senior Care Facilities. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our 26 global audio and video networks I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Darla, welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. We're so excited to have you on. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, I always like to ask my guests the first question. Who is Darla DeMauro and why was she placed on this earth? Oh, gosh, starting with the easy questions, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you said, my name is Darla DeMauro. I identify first as a business owner, I guess, um, on this podcast here. And I love my job. I have been a business owner for 17 years this year. And my company is called Heartwork Organizing. And um, listen, I know organizing isn't everybody's cup of tea, but we love solving puzzles and we love making life easier for people. And that is what the company does. Um, I do have employees. I also have two children, one of which I'm proud to say is an employee right now. And um, six years old, huh? Yeah. (laughs) I'm working already. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's been fun to to grow a company and a family and then have them start (laughs) to come together. Um, Not all fun and games, but it's it has been gratifying. Um, Are you a single mom or are there two of you? Um, yeah, no, I have, I have a husband and oh, he's, he is, um, an That's active nice. part of our lives. So we're, I'm lucky for that. I know not everybody has that, but it's, you know, it's, as they say, it's kind of hard work staying married. Um, is he and, organized also? Oh, he is. He is pretty oh, organized. Good. A match made in heaven. <laughs> well, 
even in that situation, it still worked to, to stay married. Um, and, uh, you know, so, hey, anybody who's still married as of today, good for you, right? It's not something we take for granted. Um, yeah, so I'm here on this earth really to, uh, to help in any way that I can. I am grateful that I have a job that I love, that I have built, I should say, that I built a job that I love. Um, but I truly believe that we are all on this earth with something to learn and something to share. It's that simple. Well, that's great. That's a great answer. I can personally testify that I actually paid someone to come in and organize my garage slash radio studio slash man cave because it was just getting out of control. Um, and whenever I would clean it, it would look great. And I'd be so proud of it. I'd take pictures of it. I'd show my wife. And she'd roll her eyes like, yeah, how long is this going to last? And sure enough, within a week, you know, it just starts slowly. Uh, kind of like my turtle tank, how it just gets dirty slowly. <laughs> um, what can we do to stop that from happening? Yeah, you, you got at the, uh, the heart of the question. You actually said two really important things there. One is people accidentally or in unintentionally uh, equate organizing with cleaning. Not oh. the same thing. Right. Um, so cleaning is removing dirt from surfaces. Organizing is putting things where you can find them again. And ideally, you're going to do that by creating systems. And so I've been doing this for 17 years. Um, I am a no naturally process oriented person. People always want to know, you know, did you come to the organizing profession through trauma or were you <laughs> always this way? <laughs> and uh, actually a little bit of both, but, um, but let's just leave it at, I, sure. I do, I do tend to organize things in my natural, um, you know, state, even if I'm not being paid to do so. Um, but what I realized was that I was going into client situations and I was applying the same five steps almost every time. And so I sat down a few years ago and I codified what I was doing to help people get organized and stay organized longer. And out of that was born the sort and succeed system, which I hope you'll let me talk about. It's five yeah. simple steps to organize anything. And yes, it works in your sock drawer, but it works in so many other parts of your life as well. Yeah, the big problem with my organizing is that there's not a place. You know, they say everything should have a place, a place for everything and everything in its place. And even when I find places for everything, it's not exactly the best place. For example, my filing cabinet, because that's usually where things will end up and it, it becomes so stuffed, I can't even put things in there anymore. So that means I have to clean it out, purge the files of things that I haven't touched in decades, et cetera. But she came in, she was good. She, she put, she goes, you have a lot of knickknacks. We got to get them up. And she, we put shelves way up high, you know, because I'm a sailor. So I have a lot of sailing paraphernalia. And so that helped a lot because it, it made room for other things. So why don't you tell us what your sort uh, and succeed is? Right. Well, you almost just described a system there for me, or uh, rather a lack of a system and why we need one. So a filing cabinet is a perfect example. There's a stat that I can tell you is absolutely true. And that is that 80% of things that go into a filing cabinet will never again see the light of day. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
you know, there tends to be a handful of things that you need. Um, and then a whole bunch of stuff that you'll never need again. And you'll think, why did I keep it? So um, what we want to do, whether it's sort and succeed or anything else that sort of resonates with the way your brain works is we want to help caregivers figure out how to create mini systems throughout their lives, whether it's a filing cabinet or how the bathroom operates or how to get meals on the table without tears, um, you know, how to get to doctor's appointments or uh, whatever it is, you know, try and think, wow, okay, this is something we're going to have to do again. So how can I create a system where I don't have to reinvent the wheel every time? I don't have to think, oh, okay, what comes first? What comes second? What comes third? Now, again, some of us were put on this earth with that process orientation already in our head. And some of us, um, I, I work with a lot of ADDers, for example, your ADHD um, folks, and they will say to me, I love systems, but I could never design it. I, you need to tell me how to do it. And then I will stick to the system like glue. But, um, you know, if, if it's not something that you normally do or naturally do, like Dave, you, you sit in your office all day long and you could clean it up. But if you're not figuring out how to create systems on your own, then find somebody who can help you, whether it's a professional organizer like me or, and there, you can find them pretty easily throughout the country and actually throughout the world um, by going to napo.net. That's N-A-P-O.net. Um, so that's the trade organization that I belong to. Um, but we'll come in and we'll say, hey, Dave, it looks like you are using, you know, these kinds of papers all the time. So instead of filing them alphabetically and they end up in the back of a drawer, why don't we give them their own little special section in the front of the drawer? Or it looks like you've got papers that... Uh, you need for a little while, but not forever. So how about we create a rolling system where instead of you having to take a day and go clear out your, um, your file cabinet every, you know, two years, three years, whatever, and you lose a whole day out of your life, how about we create a rolling file system so that um, it sort of cleans itself out every 12 months or every 24 months. I mean, wouldn't that be better if, you, if it took you five yeah, minutes to get rid of old papers instead of a whole day? That would be wonderful. Yeah. So, so it's not just putting things in their place. I love that saying too, um, but I change it up just a little bit. It's not just a place for everything and everything in its place. It's actually a place for everything, even if the things aren't always in their place. Because look, we're not going for perfection. I mean, the pe people who listen to your podcast and who follow you are not living on the pages of a magazine. <laughs> this is it, right? This is real life for all of us. <laughs> so, They're lucky so we need systems. Get it half yeah, of it done. we need systems that we can we can keep up on a daily basis. Wow. So that's that's very interesting. Um, so what what are systems exactly? I mean, you you gave a little brief synopsis of it. Yeah. Um, how do we know which systems and how many systems we need, and how can you know, maybe we can uh, self-analyze instead of uh, spending a lot of money. And sometimes yeah. see, that's why I did spend a lot of money because I tried that and I couldn't do it. And so you just throw your arms up. And I even have this little book that says how to keep organized. And it only works for a little while. But uh, talk about systems. Yeah. So let me give you an example and then I'll give you a little bit more information on what a system is. But an example that everybody can relate to is where do you put your keys? Where do you put your keys at home? 
uh, ideally, and especially for those of us, and I'll put my, myself in this category, who lay things down and forget where we put them. Sometimes they end up in the freezer. I've found <laughs> my phone in the refrigerator before. That's not good. That sounds like <laughs> dementia. <laughs> well, it happened in my 30s, so hopefully that wasn't dementia. Um, but, um, you know, where do you put your keys? So a lot of us have a, a hook or a bowl or something by the front door, back door, wherever it is that you come in. And that's what happens to your keys every day. You have a spot where you know you walk in the door, you close the door behind you, and then you put your keys there, wherever there is. But that's the spot, right? Everything has a place. And, um, and then when you go to leave tomorrow, you don't have to be looking for those keys. You have developed a system so that you know where they are. Now, that seems pretty simplistic, but that kind of a system is something that you want to recreate all around your house or in your office, wherever it is that um, you're trying to keep things organized. So what is a system? It's actually four parts. It's not just the steps. Step one, step two, step three, you do them mm -hmm. in that order. That's the process. But there are three other parts to a system. Place, like where are you going to put the bowl? Uh -huh. You can put the bowl in your bedroom, but then you don't, you know, have an easy place to put the keys when you come in the door, right? The obvious spot is right at the entrance to, to your home or, you know, yeah. the, uh, the back door, wherever it is. Um, so process, place, supplies. Some people say, well, I have a, you know, I have a, a way to stay organized in my file cabinet. But if you run out of uh, uh, one, one that I hear all the time is, you know, I use yellow folders for this and I use green folders for that and I use red folders for something else. Well, if those are the supplies that you need and you run out, you've broken your system. So uh, as an example, that's one reason why we don't use color coding inside a file cabinet very often. Um, I do actually use it, but not the file folders themselves. We use it on the tabs instead. Right. So process, place, system, um, supplies, 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 and then time. And that, that fourth one, time, is usually the missing element, right? Because if I'm so busy, so busy all the time that I forget to, or I don't take the time to drop those keys in the bowl, guess what? That's right. It happens. Yeah. So Always um, make an exception, and then it, I always lose it. It's not where it's <laughs> supposed to be. Why didn't you? And you promise yourself that that will never happen again. And you always have a great excuse why you didn't do it this one time. And that's the time that you're late. And you're, now you're later because you can't find it. You can't find the, the keys. Place. And did you leave them in your pocket or did you leave them in the door on the wrong side of the door? I've done that <laughs> Or before. in the car door outside all night long. Uh, don't even get <laughs> me started. But um, I finally figured out the key thing. I have my daughter gave me this, this purse thing and I hang that and all of the keys are connected to that. But you know what the problem is? It's this phone because this phone, you know, it's not like a key where you just put it down, and you're done with it. It's got to be with you all the time. And I notice that I lay it down in different places and I can never find it. I have to call myself three, four times a day. Yeah. And so I just tell, well, don't set it anywhere. Stick it in your pocket. You have pockets, stick it in your pocket. And I'm learning to, to do that. I, I haven't done it yet. Do you have a better uh, thing for the phone? Yeah, there's a couple of, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a really great one, right? We have to have our phones with us all the time now. Um, I just switched phones, actually, and I got a, uh, I had to, uh, long story. Anyway, I switched phones, <laughs> but I, got, I went to a um, 12 mini. 
And I went to the smallest phone that I could that I could get because I still put mine in my pocket. Me too, because so, I couldn't fit the big ones anywhere. Exactly. So here's here's a part of my system. I don't buy clothes without pockets. I just yeah. don't. So, so you agree um, with me? You need the pockets. Absolutely. But as a woman, as a as a guy, <laughs> you know, you you pretty much get pockets all the time. Lucky you. But as a woman. <laughs> That we've got all sorts of skirts and um, and pants that'll have faux pockets. They'll look <laughs> like they have pockets, but they don't. <laughs> like, I just I have stopped buying garments. If even if I love it, I will not buy it if it doesn't have a pocket. So that's one answer, right? right? That's that's addressing the supplies part of the four part <sighs> equation that I just gave you. Um, another example, which I wish I had a visual I could hold up for you, but people can go to my website and check out (laughs) this um, is, um, on, on your desk, you might actually draw a little map. Now this goes back to, if people are, um, familiar with the five S method, um, that you find in manufacturing sometimes. Um, but I had a doctor, a physician client, actually he's still a client. And uh, he was always losing like the five things that he needed to have on his desk. So we actually took uh, some contact paper and put it on the corner of his desk. It took up about the size of a book. And I said to him, okay, what do you have to have all the time? What are you losing all the time? And he's like, well, my stapler. And I like to have toothpicks out on my desk, just, you know, to clean my teeth off during the day. And I'm always losing my glasses. And uh, there were like five or six things. And he had two phones. And so we late, we found these five or six things that he always wanted to have. And we outlined them on this contact paper. And then the contact paper was stuck on the corner of his desk. So it looks like that little, you know, dead man um, crime scene outline. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. So, um, so now he's still, this has been years and he's, it's still on the corner of his desk. And what, now he does is uh, whenever he's got one of those things in his hand, he knows exactly where it's supposed to go back on his desk. And if he looks down and the outline is there, but the item is missing, he knows to go looking for the item and then puts it right back. So that's an example of place, right? So process, place, um, uh, supplies and time. Uh, he doesn't have a lot. We haven't changed the amount of time that he has to to go looking for his phone or things that are on his desk. But he can look down at the corner of his desk and in an instant say, oh, my gosh, my phone is not there. Where did I put it? Yeah, Instead of waiting until later, it's a yeah. crisis. That's a great idea. Did yeah. you always believe that you were organized as a little girl and people would say, oh, my goodness, look at how organized little Darla is. I mean, not as a little girl, um, but I will tell you that I did study Latin and algebra quite seriously in high school and and college. And those are disciplines that tend to make you see patterns. So I, I, as a young adult, I saw patterns and I got into the field of project management in high tech, which was the career that I had before I started this business. Um, And like many professional organizers, I was the one who people started saying, hey, you know, is there a pattern here? Can you write us a process document? Can you improve this thing that we have to do all the time at work? So, um, you know, I wasn't, uh, and I don't like to be rigid, right? Having a system is not equated with being rigid and not being able to function on a daily basis. I mean, that coming back to caregiving, that's what we want to be mindful of that, our systems are here to support the people, not the other way around. Yeah. 
Did they used to call people like you uh, efficiency experts? Yes. In fact, I was just last night telling my daughter about, um, and I got to look this guy's name up. I'm sorry, I won't, it's not coming to me, but the guy that Henry Ford hired to uh, create efficiency in the factories, the Ford factories, he actually borrowed. Uh, the people who are listening to your podcast are yelling this guy's name. I know it because <laughs> he's a real well-known guy. But it was um, early, you know, early 20th century that Ford hired this guy, and he actually borrowed a lot of Japanese um, uh, teachings that were in their factories at that time, and uh, you know, made a difference in American manufacturing. That's when they went from like, oh, you know parts here parts there and you know you kind of put things together and he did things like instead of making the person walk to the parts gather the parts and come back to the assembly line why don't we just bring the parts to the person and they can stand there and do the thing all day long that they need to do on the assembly line i know i remember that movie meet me in st louis where the guy was an efficiency expert you know it was the turn of the century the 1900s and uh that must have been when everyone uh you know started thinking about that Mm -hmm. Um, so you talk about some high impact organizing tasks. Talk about that. Yeah. So at home, uh, well, okay. So everybody's been at home for, <laughs> for the last 18 months. So at home, at work, where, wherever your uh, pain points are, um, think about what, don't, don't just get organized to get organized, right? It, unless you're me, that's not the goal. <laughs> I could just organize for fun, but most people are not like that. Um, But yeah, there are in fact, high impact organizing areas in our lives. For most people, it's the kitchen. In my book, I actually say, if you're not sure where to start organizing and your whole life feels chaotic, start in the kitchen because the kitchen is, I mean, you're in it every day, even if you don't cook at home, even if you don't like to cook, you're still going to end up in the kitchen at some point. And if you are caregiving, um, it's probably a big part of your day, right? Uh, whether you're caregiving for children or somebody who's disabled or uh, you yourself are disabled, um, the kitchen is, it, I mean, there's a reason we all end up in the kitchen at a party. Yeah. Um, and it also, that space also underpins and supports many other goals that we have in our life. So if we're trying to lose weight or get healthy or um, any number of things, Uh, save money. Uh, Often you can save a lot of money by focusing in on what's in your kitchen and how you're using it, making sure that you're not throwing away food, making sure that you're, um, you know, feeding your, your, yourself and your family nutritiously. That's all in the kitchen. Yeah. And uh, I have a coffee shop um, inside of a gas station convenience store. And when we set it up, you know, they call it agronomic, you know, put things where, you know, you almost don't even have to move to make a latte or blend a drink or something like that. Exactly. And it just makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and caregivers, you know, they've got a lot on their plate. And is it fair to ask them to, in addition to all that they have to do, organize as well? You know, it's it's uh, not fair to ask them to take on one more task. But like you said a minute ago, efficiency is really not um, it's it's not a big ask. Um, it is uh, hopefully today I'm going to inspire people to um, to look at what they're already doing at home and say, huh, can I put a system in place? Can I I know I'm going to have to do this again. So can I put a, a system in place? 
so that I don't have to start from scratch next time? Is there, is there something I could do better um, moving things around again, thinking about your environment and making it serve you instead of the other way around. Yeah. Um, Some of the obvious ones I can think of of caregivers when you go out shopping and stuff, do all of your things in one day and, and plan it out say, well, if I go there first, then I can just backtrack and hit all these other places as opposed to hit that one, then come back to this one, then go back to that one. And a lot of people, I mean, it sounds so obvious, but uh, they don't think about it. Yeah, we do. We get into our routines, into our ruts, and we stop uh, or you know, don't see kind of those patterns that are right in front of us. But you're right. That's a really great one. Just group your uh, your errands all together. Or um, I kind of live in the center of my town. So I'll group the errands that are on the east side of my town on one day and the errands that are on the west side yeah, of my town on a different day. Um, another great example is, you know, in the bathroom, if you're caregiving, um, I run a Facebook group for people who are trying to get more organized and, you know, <laughs> looking for these gems. And somebody posted not long ago that she thought it was embarrassing. She said, I'm really kind of opening the kimono here, but I'm going to show you my bathroom. And it was brilliant. It was organized very well. You know, she had adult diapers in a certain space that were really easy to get to. And she just had a lot of stuff that was kind of um, out in it within reach, you know, it was literally within reach uh-huh. from uh, where she would, where she was taking the picture and it was clearly organized. Things were labeled, things were in packages so that she knew when she was getting low on stock and it was actually brilliantly organized. It was not beautiful. You'd never see this, you know, on the page of a magazine, but she had thought about, okay, we need this kind of material in this situation and we need it here. And it was just very, very well done. So I really appreciated her sharing that, you know, view into her bathroom, which um, was not hopefully embarrassing at all. I thought it was super, super great. So that's another example of like a high impact uh, organizing project that like, if you feel you're always running out of stuff, I have another person in the Facebook group who has diabetes And she's constantly kind of sharing this closet where she stores all of her supplies. Hey, this is no joke. It's life-threatening if you don't have your diabetic supplies on hand. So, you know, it doesn't matter how much it, how, how beautiful it looks. Oprah is not going to call her or me and ask to look inside of our closet. What's more important is, can she manage the stock as it's coming in and out so that she has her meds and her um, syringes when she, when and where she needs them? Yeah. Um, procrastination is something that we all deal with as well, because there's so many things to do and we don't know which to do first. And, and unless I make a list and you know, the thoughts are coming in my head so quickly and I, oh, I can handle that. I can, you know, what, now I'm up to number four and I says, Oh, wow. Cause I can forget four things, uh, one of four things, but I, I won't forget one of two or one of three. And then there's five and then there's six. And, and if I don't start writing things down, then they get. So let's talk about lists. Yes. I love lists. Is that any surprise? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, listen, there's a reason that phone numbers are seven digits long. Did you know that? No. There were studies um, in the back in, again, early 20th century about how many um, pieces of information we could hold in our head and any more than seven. And it gets really dicey. But I will tell you that I always go into Target with three things in my mental list 
and I only ever come out with two. <laughs> so you you're doing better than if you can remember all three, you're doing better than I am. At four things, I absolutely have to write it down. <laughs> well, I don't always remember three. <laughs> My but wife yeah, does um, send me to the store to get three things. And sometimes I only come back with two. Yeah. <laughs> and you're and thinking, I got to come up with a good story thing. that, oh, honey, the shelves were empty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't believe me anymore. So, yeah. No, now, so, well, now your secret is out. But, but that's why I developed Sword and Succeed because um, people who, you know, who aren't me, who aren't a professional organizer and who already have all the caregiving activities, you know, eating up the minutes and hours in their days to ask them to, to figure out where to start and how to organize and how to finish an organizing project. That's hard, you know, for somebody who doesn't, who hasn't been taught that. I think we should be teaching this in all the schools, but that's why Sword and Succeed was created. So the five steps of Sword and Succeed, just really quickly, step one is the S and that is just start, start with a written plan of five words or less. So a good example is organize the closet. There you go. Not organize my whole house. That's too much, too big, but start with a written plan and uh, make sure that it's five words or less. Step two is organize into groups. And you'll notice I have not said throw, throw anything out yet. Uh, that's not, we're not organizing by throwing things out. What we're doing right. is step two is organize into groups. Step three is where you reduce, release, and reset. And that is once you have things like things or similar things together, and you know that you need to pare down, then you can start eliminating things and simplifying your life if you need to. Step four is to tweak. So once you've got things reduced and you've put things back together, then you start to tweak um, the organizing that you've already started to do. Um, uh -huh. just like brushing your teeth, you're never done brushing your teeth. You don't say, well, I brushed <laughs> my teeth last week, so I'm done. Right. So, um, so organizing is the same way you'll get things organized, but it always takes a little bit of maintenance. Step five is the fun step. Did you know there's a fun step in organizing? No. So I'm a little bit of a neuroscientist nerd. And, um, what I noticed was that people, adults, Adults are always organizing and they always feel like they're never done and it's not very much fun. Kids will sort things all day long and they continue to think it's fun, right? Younger kids. Seriously, if you look at a four or five, six-year-old, they think that sorting is fun. They sort their crayons, they sort Legos, and they'll do that all day long. So what I added was to my organizing system that I'm teaching you guys here today is step five is succeed and celebrate. And by choosing a reward, you can get through an organizing project and then go and reward yourself like you would reward a child um, or, you know, somebody that you love. And the reward doesn't have to be very big and it can often mm -hmm. be free. So it could be a quick walk around the block. It could be, um, you know, uh, I've got one client who uh, his reward is watching a vintage um, Incredible Hulk episode. So he gets 20 minutes in front of YouTube or wherever he's watching this um, to watch an Incredible Hulk episode after he's done his organizing. Um, I have other people who their reward is a nap. I mean, it doesn't have to be big and it doesn't yeah. have to be expensive, but that way you train your brain to say, yay, I got through the organizing project. And next time I do it, I get another reward. So that's where <laughs> the fun comes in. Well, I can't believe how fast this time has gone. Um, I wanted to hit so many other things, but 
for those who want to find out more and can contact you or read your book, you have a book? I do. I actually have three, but I'll flash this one up here. This okay. is Organizing Your Home with Sort and Succeed. Oh, I like that. goes through the, the whole process and um, focuses in on your home. And then I have Organizing Your Kitchen with Sort and Succeed. And my latest one is Focusing on the Home Office. And how do we get that? And how do we get a hold of you? The best way to find me in any case is by going to my website at heartworkorg.com. So Just like heart. it's heart. Yep. H E A R T W O R K O R G dot com. Workorg.com. And people are also welcome to. Org join as my- in organizing. Exactly. I know that does throw people off the org.com, but, um, but I also invite you and your listeners to join my free Facebook group. I know Facebook is getting a pretty bad rap these days, but it's a private group. I'm sure your people know how this works. Um, Uh It's a private group. It's got a couple thousand members and it's a place, it's a safe place where you can ask questions, get encouragement for your organizing projects and learn more about Sword and Succeed. Well, my next guest has not come in yet, so I'm going to cheat a little and say, what else would you like to tell us that we haven't discussed yet? Oh, gosh. Uh, Well, so here's something people wouldn't expect a professional organizer to say. I want people to stop decluttering. Why? Why? I know that's (laughs) right. People are like, okay, I've learned the sort and succeed system. I'm going to go declutter. Well, what I really hope that people will take away is to design a life, organize a life that works for you today, but I don't just want you to spend your life decluttering and going and organizing, organizing, cleaning, decluttering, whatever you're calling it. It usually means like pitching half of your stuff. And that's really not what we're about. What I want people to do is to think about organizing when they're in the store or when they're putting together their online shopping cart, because where does all this clutter come from? We brought it. We brought it home. (laughs) One of my um, colleagues has a great line. uh, It's I've heard it several places, actually. All that clutter used to be money. Yeah. And George Carlin talks about his stuff. Right stuff. You buy a bigger house because you need a place to put the stuff and on and on and on. So, um, so we're, you know, I mean, we got to get a hold of our consumerism and, you know, one, one other truth that I know we've, I've said it for years and years, and it is true. We spend the first 40 years of our lives acquiring things and the next 40 years of our lives getting rid of things. So if if we we don't get rid of them, our heirs will just throw it away. (laughs) Yes. And what we want to do is teach our heirs, teach them when they're little, you can't, you know, you can't have everything. Where would you put it? You, you need to make decisions. And we are, I think at a critical point in the earth's history and in our consumer culture and in this quest for simplicity, we are at a critical point and we need to become our own worst critics about what we're bringing into our lives. It doesn't mean you have to be minimal. I mean, look, you're seeing my office. You can tell I'm not a minimalist. (laughs) Okay. I do have stuff in my life. Um, I do have stuff that pretty stuff that all it, all the purpose that it serves is to bring me joy and make me smile. But I am very, very selective about what comes into my life. And I'm often asking myself, 
what's going to happen at the end of this item's useful life? And if I think I'm only going to have a thing for a minute or a week or a month or a year, I very often, even though I want it very badly, I will say no to a purchase or I will say no to a gift or something that somebody's trying to pass to me. You are so practical. Yeah. So, so that's what I mean by stop decluttering. If we can learn to stop bringing things home that are causing us to feel cluttered, then we can live a life where we're not pitching things at the back end all the time. Well, my guest is here, so we do need to go. Thank you so much for going over all of that. And uh, for our guests, I'm, we're thankful that you tuned in. And uh, I'm at caregiverdave.com. Darla told you how you can get a hold of her. And a reminder that all our shows become recorded podcasts and video casts uh, on our platforms, that I, like I mentioned before. Um, and so uh, until next time, we will see you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Anytime we suffer loss, we grieve. And a lot of people don't realize what even the grief process is. But it could be five to seven steps ranging from denial. I don't believe this is happening. Anger. Oh my gosh, I'm so upset this is happening. To a form of bargaining. How can I get out of this? To depression which is a very serious thing because that often leads to suicide. And then finally, finally, after you realize you have no more control over your situation and you're totally okay with the new normal that it brings, that wonderful, wonderful place called acceptance. Sometimes it feels Like the sun will never rise Like the birds will never sing again